never reach me Were some guys who were preacher fans The only dudes who could ever teach me Were some guys who were preacher fans Yes, they were They were Oh, yes, they were That's a podcast theme right there Welcome to Preacher Man, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. We are going to be talking about the second episode of the fourth and final season, The Last Supper. I'm Alex. I am Pete. And Pete, you were stoked about the season premiere. How are you feeling going into episode two? Uh, Still loving it. Still loving it. And again, they are just cramming shit into episodes. (laughs) Holy crap. Yeah, I I found this, not in a bad way, but I found this to be a little bit of a shaggier episode. Like shaggier? It was shaggier. What do, you, what do you got against long you hair? Ever, no, 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 no. You ever hear of like a shaggy dog story? Uh, no. Okay, so a shaggy dog story is, it's, it's usually a type of joke where you set up something at the beginning mm-hmm. and then it goes for a really, really long time. The point is you talk, you tell the story, as long as you possibly can before you get to the punchline. So when you eventually get to the punchline, you're like, this is what we're doing this for? Come on, guys. Uh, And the joke there is that you've dragged everybody along for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And not every part of the episode, but certainly Jesse's part of the episode felt like that, where it was just piling things on, piling things on, piling things on, until we eventually get to this punctuation point at the end. Right. That, That was my take on it. Okay, interesting. Well, I mean... Uh, in the last episode, they did set up that they're just going to be toying with Jesse for a while, and right. we get to see that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We we speculated that there was... We both speculated. We were both on board with this, that it was going to be a job job type thing, and I think it is. I think it's a job job. It's a job job. Yeah. Don't quit your job job. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, boy. <laughs> you are dad joking the fuck out of this app. I'm a dad, man. I'm a dad. Uh, anyway, let's do the recap for what has happened so far. So we mentioned Jesse Custer. Jesse Custer is a lapsed preacher. He is on the trail of God who has left heaven. Jesse has a power given to him by a being called Genesis who lives inside of his body. He can compel anybody to do anything. He has split with his on again, off again girlfriend Tulip, uh, he's now off again. He's not split. He's just like, listen, baby, I love you, but I gotta follow my dreams. I gotta leave forever. <laughs> no, he's not leaving forever. He's just I saying know, I man. have to follow my dreams. We know, didn't. We didn't read again. the letter, man. We don't know what's going on. I but he had a dream about a dick rock, and you gotta go see that dick rock. Yeah, you you dream that dick rock. You gotta go see that dick rock. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. That's how life works. He is trying to figure it out. We find out this episode that the uh, dick rock is called the Last Apostle. It's in Australia, uh, but he had a vision of that as well as a nuclear explosion, and his dad telling him, "You got to get it back on track. You got to track down God." So he did leave Tulip. Meanwhile, Tulip is back in the Middle East near Masada, which is the home base of the Grail, a fanatical organization that is hoping to bring about the end of the world bring about the new Messiah, the descendant of Jesus Christ, who unfortunately, due to inbreeding, has become a being called Humperdoo. 
Now, something that didn't play too much into the last episode does play a little bit into this episode. Uh, Humperdoo is ridiculous. Basically, can only say Humperdoo has been trained to tap dance by the growl, but they also cloned him over and over again. And last season, Jesse and company let all of the Humperdoos out into the world. They don't know how to handle themselves. They're just wearing a bunch of track suits, wandering around, bumping into stuff. Um, so the quote-unquote savior of the world is on the loose somewhere, and the Grail doesn't currently have possession of them, uh, which is kind of the Grail's trump card, or more specifically, Hare Star, who's the now all-father of the Grail, yeah, his trump card. Hare Star He's mean- been promoted. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Hare Star has a little bit of a bone to pick, almost literally with Jesse Custer and company, because they left him with a penis-shaped head and no ear. He has a second in command named Featherstone, who really, really does not like Tulip at all. Uh, Tulip, meanwhile, is trying to track down Cassidy, their vampire friend, who has been trapped by the Grail in a deep, deep well where an angel is being hung up for some reason that we don't know yet. Uh, but the angel is hanging in that well. Uh Cassidy is being tortured repeatedly for the edification of the students at the Grail by a game na- guy named Frankie Toscati, who has figured out the perfect way of torturing Cassidy is by removing his foreskin over and over and over again, because as a vampire, they can keep giving him blood and he can keep regenerating his foreskin. So it's brisses all over the place up in there. Uh, last thing we should probably mention as a little point of recap is Tulip and Jesse hold up at a place called the, uh, what was it, the Holy Bar and Grail? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Uh, a bar that is outside of Grail headquarters. I'm sure there's more stuff to get into that we will get it. Oh, yeah, God, I guess. God really has it out for Jesse as well. As we mentioned, the Job job is going on. And he really likes Doctor Diet Dr. Pepper. Yes, this is an important uh, product integration slash detail. I got to be honest with you. Now that we've watched two episodes, I kind of want a Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it worked. It did work. I've never tried one. There has been enough product placement now that I'm like, it's, it's got to be good, right? <laughs> It's not. It's not? It's not. I think after we record, I'm going to go out and try one. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll do a review of Diet Dr. Pepper on our third episode podcast. Great. I would love to know what you think of it. And you've tried it. Yeah. And you don't like it. No. But you like Dr. Pepper. I do. I do. I like Dr. Pepper as well. Yeah. Do you like diet sodas in general? No. Yeah, they're gross. Yeah. Yeah. Coke Zero is okay. It's better than Diet Coke. But what's weird is you got... We all kind of got used to the flavor of Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. So Coke Zero, I was like, oh, this is kind of better, but I don't know. I'm weirdly addicted to Diet Coke because of... You're what? addicted to Diet Coke even though you don't like it? I Well, no, I just feel like it's it's worse, but I like it better because I've drank mm, it I long see. enough. I don't know. It's dumb. Diet Coke's bad. Yeah. Like, actively bad. The worst thing, though, is probably Diet Pepsi. That would... <laughs> I don't want to really. You think Diet Pepsi is worse than Diet Coke? Pepsi is so much worse than Coke. Oh my God! Really? That, yes. That oh. if you go Diet Pepsi, I don't want to be too dramatic. I would rather die than drink a Diet Pepsi. <laughs> that is way too dramatic. On the, You're you have a wife and children. They would understand. No, they would. They you would say, should have drank that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to. I, I would hate to, to be I'm at your funeral it right now. I'm picturing my wife going up at my funeral and being like, you know what? Somebody offered him a Diet Pepsi. <laughs> he died instead. I appreciate this. No way. Thanks, bro. 
<laughs> My wife's always saying, thanks, bro. Yeah. That's kind of like your I love you. I'm just saying in terms of rankings, right? right. You got Coke, which is amazing. It's like, great. Legitimately. It's one not of amazing. It's oh, it's as far as soda goes. It's so good. It's Wait, good. what's better than Coke? Oh, boy. Here we go. What's better? Honestly. Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. What are you, 12? Yep. Oh, God. Dude, Code Red. <laughs> <laughs> you just went worse. I know. Oh, God, what's wrong with you? We got to move on. Yeah. It's too much of the episode to talk about to get. Oh, I'm so bothered right I now. Know. It's so great. Okay. I love so how annoyed you are. We start off with a very fun old school stop motion animated sequence. God is hanging out at the beginning of time with a bunch of dinosaurs. He sees his greatest new creation. I got to tell you, man, the more we learn about God in this show, the more I don't like him. Really? Yeah. What did you like him previously? Well, he's riding around on a bike. He's having fun. He's doing the things that he likes to do. Yeah, you definitely enjoyed it more when he was riding around on the bike, right? Because he was in that uh, poodle suit. Hey, man, whatever you know, you're into. Do what you like. Are you into that? No, it's interesting. It seems like you are. Like you're very supportive. No, I'm of just saying people he, being in some sort of poodle suit. He created dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are dumb, as we all know from Transformers. Yeah, and just really, just real quick. If I went on Twitter and I looked for anything associated with you, I don't know why you're bringing this up. Suit, I don't know why I you're bringing this up. I'm trying there? to make a point here about the dinosaurs, but it seems like you're trying to make a point about. I'm just going to throw this out there. Hashtag Pete the Poodle, something like that. You're a piece of shit. I mean, I don't know. Speaking of shit, dinosaurs <laughs> eat their own shit and then burp in God's face, and oh that's enough God. for him, and he wipes them all out. This. Dick move is my point. This sequence is so move. funny, though. It was so gross, but so funny. Just the way it's Mark Harlick, who's playing God, standing mm-hmm. clearly on a soundstage all by himself reacting to this stuff. Mm-hmm. But all of the stop-motion animated stuff of the Brontosaurus, the way it's timed out, him looking at pooping, and he's like, well, that's kind of gross. Yeah. And then looking at the poop, he's like, don't do it. Don't you well, do it. he has a fun moment with the double rainbow. He has a fun moment. That was dumb. Uh, I like that. He got excited. Uh, like, what a, hey, double rainbow. What a played out reference. I don't know. <laughs> wow. uh, and then he destroys the dinosaurs because they throw a poop. And then the dinosaur burps is like, well, burps in his face. He destroys all the dinosaurs. The meteors are coming down. And uh, the dinosaur is like, oh, shit, the world's about to end. Got to speed up on this poop eating, <laughs> which was also very funny and gross. Uh, and then we cut to the credits, of course, uh, get to the main thrust of the episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we get to see Jesse is being driven by the chicken lady that he was picked up uh, by on the road. Uh, she was into porn. Yeah, she uh, killed two of her porn stars. In a tragic hot tub accident, and that's when she knew she had to get out of the porn. Right. But uh, she also doesn't really believe in Jesse. Uh, tell you what, I think we can follow each line individually because they kind of jump back and forth. You want to walk through Jesse's stuff first since yeah, we're on that? Yeah, might as well. Okay. So Jesse's with the chicken lady. Uh, she is laughing chicken at him lady. because he says... Uh, he says he's going to save the world and find God. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thinks that's ridiculous. He tells her to stop when he sees Wait, wait. So if you picked up a hitchhiker and they told you they were going to find God and save the world, you wouldn't think that's ridiculous? I would be respectful of it. Wow. I think. You would not? 
Well, I definitely wouldn't laugh in a stranger's face because I was like, they could be a crazy person who want to stab me, but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, you'd be respectful and then maybe find the next place to drop the ball off, like if there's a girl with a dead dog lying on the end of the road. Yeah, if, they want to, if he wanted to get out and save that girl, I would definitely stop and let him out. Yeah, so he goes to save the girl uh, and help her with the dog trying to be a good person, uh, and then he gets distracted by an airplane in the sky. We later find out all of these airplanes are coming because there's a big convocation happening at the grill. Um, but Jesse turns back to the girl. She has a gun on him, wants his money. Uh, he tells her to drop the gun. It kills the dog. The girl gets upset. Chicken lady drives off. Yeah, but what's nice is the girl was pretending the dog was dead, and then her dog really died. Yeah, but this begins the job job. It's beginning because yeah. he gets screwed over, ends up walking away through the desert until without he can, boots, without because boots, he gave them to the girl, which this is my lack of knowledge about other religions other than Judaism. Wasn't there a whole thing about Jesus walking barefoot through the desert? Sure. <laughs> I didn't know he took his sandals off. Uh I don't know. Doesn't he walk barefoot through the like I walked barefoot and I carried you? Or am I thinking of the thing with the beach? Yeah, it's footprints. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's footprints. Not, yeah. That's a religious document, right? Yes. That yeah, poster. Yeah. yeah, it's not just a thing about like, hey, have faith. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, it's so, kind of like the cat poster where it's like hang in there. Another religious document. More, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I worship that cat. <laughs> that cat does it. That cat's been hanging there forever. It yeah. gives me hope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to need it if you keep drinking Code Red. <laughs> anyway, so Jesse happens on a guy with a camel, so he's riding camel back through the desert. That guy with the camel sees another guy that he's really pissed off about, yeah. so they get off the camels. They're yelling at each other. Jesse's just standing by. He's like, Jesus Christ, stop doing yeah. this. Tells them to stop, but only one of the guys speaks English, so he stops. The other guy doesn't. He, uh, what does he do? Pulls out a sword. Stabs him. Well, what happens is the guy who understands English pulls out the sword and stops, but the guy who doesn't understand shoots him with a gun. Oh, right. And then he loses the sword. The sword flies into his camel. Yep. Uh, dude shoots his own camel. Camel falls on him, and they all die. Yep. Uh, again, Jesse just being very put upon. He's frustrated, but he keeps walking. Gets to the airport. He follows the planes. He's yeah, he follows the planes. He's like, all right, this is a sign. I got to follow the planes. So he gets to the airport. When he gets to the airport, he happens upon a pilot, uh, shows him. The pilot's like, hey, you can't smoke here. And he's like, yes, I can, using the word. And the pilot's like, yes, you can. And he lights up, too. I loved... I love this pilot character. This is a fun character. I'm yeah. enjoying him. Yeah, it was a small but cool character. He's very like old timey pilot, based yeah. on the fact that he's very into smoking. He's totally on board with smoking in the airport and everything. I'm not a big fan of smoking, but I enjoyed this. Yeah, I also uh, like the part where they get to uh, you know the place to get back to Jesse's lighter. He's got to get his lighter. Yes. Well, so what happens is that he asks the pilot, hey, do you know that? And he's like, yep, absolutely. This hey, he just, you know, randomly asks the pilot, hey, do you know of Dick Rocks? You yes. You know where there's he's a like, Absolutely. Dick of course yeah. I do. Yeah. It's in Australia. I fly over it all the time. Yeah. So they're going to go to Australia when, to your point, he realizes he doesn't have his lighter. His lighter, uh, 
if I remember correctly, was given to him by his father. It's right. the last remaining thing he has from his father, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's basically the only possession in the world that means anything to Jesse. He takes the pilot. They manage to track down the chicken lady to a place that is owned by a character named Jesus Desaad. Now, this was really interesting to me, the way that they played this. And you might have a better memory of the comics than I do because I don't actually remember how this played out. But the way this plays out on screen is they get there, he immediately gets the lighter, they get back, the pilot says, hey, do you see that? We see a figure who's Jesus Desaad with white hair in the window taking a little girl and hiding her. The pilot says, is it there's a preacher's code? You have to save her. Jesse is like, fuck it, no, leave it alone. And the pilot says, well, there's definitely a pilot's code. Goes in, and all we get to see is the pilot going in. We see Jesse going in. And then later on, we see Jesse on a plane flight alone with his knuckles bruised, and he has some snakeskin boots, and he's getting ready to go to Australia. Now, do you remember in the book, do we get to see what happens with Jesus Desaad? Yes, but it's not till later. It's kind of okay. a flashback reveal type of thing. All right. So we're probably we're almost definitely going to see what actually happens. You've got to see it. But also what's weird is you just saw a little kid in the window, and then someone be like, hey, get away from the window. Right. It wasn't like they were torturing a kid or, you know what I mean? But yeah. because it's a place of like... Yeah, that's what the... I mean, it's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't, like, super obvious. Sure, but it says, Jesus Desaad, right? which is pretty clear. And then it says, Sinner's Welcome on the side, yeah, which so, is pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like she's like, the Jesus Desaad is like, come have some cake. No, but I understand why Jesse was a little bit like... Yeah, like, well, I'm. Uh, who cares? Getting back to the Shaggy Dog story thing, this is where it feels like... Jesse knows he's in a Shaggy Dog story, and all of these things are God putting things on him to distract him from the main goal, which is finding God. Right. So he's like, no, I got to get back on track. Mm -hmm. But there's also the push and pull of him doing the right thing. Yeah. And what do you think is God's goal at this point? What does God actually want out of Jesse? He He wants to be left alone so he can, you know, do what he wants. And so, like... He keeps just trying to put obstacles in Jesse's way. See, I don't think so. I think God is trying to do with Jesse what he did with the Brontosaurus, which is follow his edicts, follow his teachings, worship him, be true to him. That's all God wants. And God wants to do that by throwing fucked up situations in his way and challenging Jesse to do what he sees as the right thing. No. That's what I take away from it. Well, he keeps giving him tests to see if he'll pass, is what you're saying? I think so. No. And the first so two... if he didn't, if he just ignored that house, that would be him failing the test, right? I think so. But there's also the interesting thing where he tries to do the right thing the first two times, first with the girl and the dog, then with the guys with the camels, and the third time he's like, no, fuck it. It didn't work the first two times. But... That is pilot was like, no, man, we're going in. Yeah. Well, the pilot does the right thing. But it's also like that's the Job thing is Job stays true to God no matter what's thrown in his path. That's not who Jesse is. No. At all. Mm -hmm. Jesse is challenged in his faith. It's arguable, I think, at this point, whether he believes in God at all, like believes in him as his mission. Not he knows God is real. Right. Um, Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I got very excited when I saw that place, and I was like, oh, this is going to be so fucking badass. And then we didn't get it. We got teased with it. Yeah, but we're going to get it. We better. Yeah. The other thing that's going on on Jesse before we move on to one of the other characters is he's seeing visions of Tulip and Cassidy. Do you think that's just his own conscience? Is that something God is showing to him? What's going on there? I think it's his own conscience. Also, in the book, Jesse talks to like other people who aren't there a bunch. Yeah, like we haven't really seen this as much in the TV show. So I'm just wondering if they're going to tee that up. Yeah, I mean it's part of like this is too much for any human being to take. So I think part of it is his brain breaking a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to, it's nice to see them together because everybody is once again apart. Uh, even if it is him imagining. Also it. the flash of Cassie was such classic Cassie. It was hysterical. Him drinking four, four mini like vodkas in a row, just downing them was yeah. a classic Cassie. Take move. your time, man. It's a long flight. Well, plus he has high tolerance for stuff. like sure. that. So it's I guess of, so. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that's it for Jesse. The yeah. last thing that we should probably talk about is the last thing in the episode because it does tie into that. Uh, we do get to see this slow zoom over all of these models that God has built. It's everything, including the coffin that he was thrown in at Angelville last mm-hmm. season. All of this, according to this, has been part of God's design. Also, that church in the first season was there. Yes, all of it. So God has been controlling things since the beginning, which is not too surprising since it's God, but he is very specifically testing and bring Jesse to this point. The other thing happening in the scene is we hear some sort of animals in the background. What do you think that is? I don't know. At first I thought maybe it was a chicken to call back to the chicken lady. Maybe. But then the noise has got a little weirder. Yeah, it struck me as maybe it's dinosaurs or maybe he's creating some new beings or something like that. Also, it's kind of weird how God is like a little child playing with his toys on a table, you know? Mm -hmm. It's very interesting that he has like these little toys and were his toys that he plays with. Well, I think that's that's what they're going for, right? Like that's the God that they are depicting in this show. That's why it was claymation in the beginning is he's creating these things. It's child stuff to him. And he acts like a child when the, Brontosaurus eats its own poop just because it said, did the wrong thing once, he destroys all dinosaurs and all life on Earth. So do you think the closest we come to being God is us playing with Legos? Is that what you're saying? Uh, Yeah, or, you know, like Fortnite or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's Jesse's stuff. Let's move on to Tulip. You want to talk about Tulip? Yeah. Because she has a relatively straightforward but fun storyline this episode. Yeah, she keeps trying to break into the evil lair to get Cassidy out. Yeah, first thing she does is she uses an RPG, tries to blow it up. That doesn't do much. Yeah, I mean, that's a big, thick door. You could have known that wasn't going to work. Yes. I mean, I was a little disappointed because it's like... Don't shoot at the strongest thing. Shoot just above the door where Ooh, it's a little right? bit like weaker of the Smart. size. 
This is why we've got to give you an RPG. Yeah, that's yeah. You guys should really go to patreon.com slash comic book club. We have a support Pete getting an RPG level. <laughs> it's very bad. expensive. That's a, a horrible idea. All we need, all we need is one donor. <laughs> and we'll get this done. Oh my god, that would be horrible. So Tulip tries to blow it up. That doesn't work. So she comes up with an alternate plan. While Featherstone is on her trail, she is going back to the bar where she's holed up. Featherstone knows that she's definitely there, yeah. but Tulip and the bartender, who she's teamed up with, mm-hmm. are pretending that she's not there. Uh, Featherstone kills one of the Grell guys to motivate them. Uh, but ultimately, what happens is that Tulip sets up a plan where she's going to lure Featherstone to the bar. She steals a car from Featherstone. They all have these, like, I guess, hybrids. They're little Fiats. Oh, are they Fiats? Yeah. I'm very bad with cars, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fiat. you're... If I have any questions about cars or Mountain Dew flavors, I should come to you. That's right. I got your back. <laughs> your, your two areas of expertise. Yeah. Uh, so they have all these Fiats. Uh, Tulip, of course, has her sweet ride. The cheese driving around in. They go in a classic Dukes of Hazard style uh, chase. Well, you know, it's the fun. It's the smokescreen. Yeah. You know, it's a great thing, uh, you know, when you're in a little dusty area. And you're kind of outnumbered. You can use the smoke screen to even the score. I loved that they didn't even pretend in the sequence that it was anywhere near where they're filming or anything like that. Like, clearly, they just found a driving pit somewhere in L.A. or something like that and just filmed there. That's fun. Yeah. It was all good. So uh, she drives around the Fiat. She knocks everybody out. Uh, ultimately, the Fiat can't drive up a hill while Tulip's car can. Yeah, because she's got the old school... American muscle car. Those things are tanks. You can't stop those things. Exactly. Uh, And then ultimately, her plan was she is in the car that she stole. She's wearing a blonde wig. She's back in her old Grail disguise. And she managed to sneak in, pretending to be one of the Grail operatives who's been hurt. Hurt, Meanwhile, the bartender was the dude who was actually driving the car the whole time. Um, I thought this was fun. Did you like this? Also, what was great about it, I did very much like it. Also... What's great about it is you get to see the connection between Tulip and the hotel bartender guy. Because why would this guy be going out of his way to help Tulip? Oh, they both love cars. Yeah. And they have this connection that's very uh, powerful and cool. Ah, super fun. Super fun sequence. Tulip ultimately gets inside, so she's going to try to free Cassidy. And it was just such a great thing where it's like she gets that little smile as it, you know, just kind of like yeah. her scene ends. So cool. It's great. Uh, Now, it'll be a question, though, whether Cassidy wants to get free at all, though I think he may want to do it for Tulip. Yeah. Uh, We'll see what happens. But a whole bunch of stuff happens with Cassidy. Again, this is very similar to Jesse's storyline. They're very parallel because same sort of thing. He keeps trying to escape, and then something pulls him back throughout the episode. Yeah, and the something sometimes is Cassidy himself. Yes. Like, he had... He got the door was open for him and he could have left, but then he didn't. Right. So Cassidy is still being tortured. He has all of his foreskins are being taken off. This is something I think that uh, Frank, the guy who's torturing him, is kind of right. The guilt. Frank is a Scotty. Use his full name. I'm sorry. No disrespect to that piece of shit. Frank. Oh, geez. Fuck Frank, man. Fuck Frank? Yeah. Classic TV character, Frank and Toscani? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, man. He's going to cut off your foreskin, man. Yeah, I'd like to see him try. 
<laughs> I would not like to see him try that. <laughs> I would not like that at all. Thank you very much. I might have an RPG. I could blow him up. Oh, man. Well, get on that Patreon, folks. <laughs> Let's make this happen. Uh, so, yeah, he's been repeatedly cutting off uh, Cassidy's foreskin. He now has a bag of foreskins. I should mention, since the first episode that we taped in the second episode, uh, my band and I, we had a talk. We were originally called Bucket of Foreskins. We're now called Bag of Foreskins. Nah. I don't know. Bucket of foreskins is better. You like that better? Yeah, I do. We did make all those shirts. No. So. It's too late, I guess. Ah, uh, man. Yeah. We we're now called Bag of Foreskins. Head to our shop and uh, check it out. <laughs> oh we also God. got some uh, some of those squeezy shirts. You going to make balls. a t-shirt called Bag of Foreskins? Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be so gross. We already got Wahapis on our... Wahapi. Wahapis on our shop, comicbookclub.threadless.com. Check it out, folks. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so what were we even talking about? So Cassidy does manage to escape. He eats a bunch of the guards, tracks a doctor back to this closet called Urban Blight. Now, let me ask you. I'm sorry. I got a question. Yeah. We can't see what Cassidy's doing because he's in the shadows. Was he gnawing off his own feet so he could get out of the shackles? I don't think so. He was eating a dude, right? Yeah, but how did he break out of the shackles? Uh, they probably had a key. Oh, okay. I assume. Maybe I'm wrong. Because we didn't see a guard come in, and they, you just see him gnawing on something. I don't think he was eating his own feet. It was, it was very hard to see, but I kind of was like, I'm wondering how he got out. I'll tell you what. I'll watch that sequence 100 times and mm. zoom in on it. I'll let you know if he was chewing his right. own feet. Well, every time you got to say enhance. Oh, yeah. Before you zoom Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I'm not an amateur. Okay. <laughs> So uh, Cassidy gets out. He gets the Urban Blight closet, which is full of drugs. A lot of drugs. Very tempted, but he ultimately leaves, uh, puts on some AirPods, has a fun sequence of the elevator. They are having a blast with this elevator on this show. Oh, man. They're having so much elevator fun. They are. I mean, what isn't fun about an elevator? There's a lot. There's a lot in that. You got Captivate Network in there sometimes if you work in an office. Sweet tunes. Oh, yeah. Buttons? Who doesn't love buttons? Yeah, yeah. My no, but it was funny because it was like they're playing with this idea of like, all right, nobody pays attention to somebody elevator, and here's uh, Cassidy who's got Coke all over his face and like a pretty open bag in his front pocket that keeps kind of like puffing white the smoke everywhere. Yeah, this is the second time after yeah. he... He tries to leave. He ultimately gets too scared to leave, goes back, gets the drugs. And I don't know if it's the sun or his guilt or what's going on or maybe a combination of both. I think this is jumping ahead, but he in the elevator, Frankie ambushes him and ties him back up and then gives him a speech and says, listen, I've seen guys like you before. Yeah. What brings you back is the guilt. You think you deserve this. You think you deserve this torture. And I do think that's part of it. Uh, like we talked about the last episode, I think part of it is he's scared of what happens if he leaves. You mean Wahhabis? Oh, Jesus Christ. It's, uh, oh, I don't know if I'm more annoyed about this or you drinking Mountain Dew Code Red and saying that's the best soda. It's definitely very even. No, well, Mountain Dew, I'm just saying, is the best. And then Code Red is just a, a little below it. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong across the board. I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Would you drink uh, a type of Mountain Dew called Mountain Dew Wahhabis? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> What's great about Mountain Dew is they keep adding more and more like insane flavors. Yeah, that's that's the great thing about that. Yeah, because you're like, hey, I love Mountain Dew. Maybe I should try this insane looking colored new Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's already such a delicious soda. It's only going to get more delicious <laughs> if With there's variations. New- yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's part of that. Like, it, part of that is the guilt. I think Frank Toscani is right, but it's also like uh, Cassidy doesn't know any other way to be other than hurting himself constantly. Yeah. yeah. Like, th- I think that's what it is about is he is a masochist ultimately. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and that's how he knows how to operate. Um, so yeah, he uh, he has the fight. He does the drugs. I think we've covered everything with Cassidy, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I what's they keep showing the angel, and I'm yeah. looking forward to when we get more because that dude. What do you think is going on with the angel? Well, they they play, talk about it in the comics. I'm just wondering if the TV show is going to talk. I think we could do if people don't mind, like a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah, what happens in the comics? Oh, I don't even. I just remember the angel being a part of... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a bigger thing, I'm told. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to keep teasing it. Uh, I think, ultimately, we're going to see that angel escape and something's going to happen with it. Like, there's also a clear reason that the Grail does not want the angel to escape. Yeah. And that's a big question as well. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's jump over... Uh, That's it, actually. That's everybody. I think we covered everything. Yeah. Tulip, Mm -hmm. Jesse... Cassidy, yeah. those are the three main characters. It was <laughs> hysterical, though, the way uh, the second time uh, with the elevator with Cassidy, when he walked out and he just had this stethoscope and he's saying, he's like, oh, I got that thing I was talking about. You can let me out. And then falls to the ground. He has bullet holes in his back. Yeah. It was That's classic great. Cassidy comedy. Very fun. Yeah. Very shaggy episode. Oh, man. Very shaggy. Uh, now... We still don't know how we end these episodes because we didn't listen back, but you wanted to do, like, favorite yeah, moment? Yeah, fra- favorite moment. All right, what's your favorite moment, Pete? That's tough. Uh, give me a second to think. What do you got? Uh, the camel scene. That was... The camel scene? The is camel your... scene was ludicrous. Like, just the way that it was staged was... I'm always a fan of a good Rube Goldberg-type sequence, mm-hmm. and having one thing cause another cause another made me laugh out loud. That that is hysterical. I'm gonna have to say because I know what happens in the comics. That Jesse's sitting on the plane and just looking at his fists and smiling was just the favorite. anticipation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If you'd like to support our show or buy Pete an RPG, <laughs> patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Preacher. Pete, what do you want to plug? Uh, friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing guests we have on our live show. On Twitter, at Men Preacher for Preacher-specific content or at Comic Book Live for generally everything about our podcasts and shows. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe, comment, like, etc. on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you next Sunday at church. <laughs>